This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. It has been, as you know, we've been saying this about a year since the World Health Organization declared that the coronavirus outbreak was a global pandemic. So much has happened since then. Many have said going back to normal is not what happened since things have changed so much as a result of the health crisis. So one way to see what is on the minds of individuals is the Edelman Trust Barometer, which we have gotten uh, to several times over the past 12 months and back with the latest and which looks at the past 12 months is the founder and CEO of the global communications firm Edelman. He is Richard Edelman and he's back with us on the phone in New York. Richard, how are you? Hey, Carol, how are you doing? I can't it. believe it's a year. <laughs> Tell me about it. In some ways, it feels like it was yesterday. Some days, it feels like it was a decade ago. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. Um, I read through uh, all of the latest trust barometer, and I want to get to the details. But first, remind our audience, because you guys do this survey several times throughout a year. Tell us how you go about it, who you talk to, uh, and a little bit of the, the process. So... Um, Last weekend, we talked to 2,500 Americans um, across the economic spectrums, across the geographies, and um, we do it online. And um, we last did it uh, in uh, December. And you'll recall that uh, business was the most trusted institution in the world for the first time. The deep divide between a Trump voter and a Biden voter, um, for example, especially about media, where Mm -hmm. there was a 40-point difference in terms of trust. the only thing they could agree on was uh, that business is trusted <laughs> and especially and especially my employer, that my employer, the trust is local, that, uh, you know, I, I trust my CEO, my colleagues at work. And um, so, you know, things near me because I can control that relationship. Well, OK. And so that was last time around. What's interesting in this time around is there's not a lot of trust of anything. Yeah. Well, Carol, I think. The most important thing to say out of this is America is in shock. I I wrote my essay Mm -hmm. last week about America in trauma. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think half the people we surveyed said they knew someone who had been hospitalized or was dead and, um, you know, had gotten sick from COVID. And and, uh, two-thirds said, I'm still living in a pandemic survival mode. And I know the markets are going up and and, and everybody's optimistic about the future, but the markets are not seen today. Um, And, you know, it's a real um, kind of stunning thing that more people have died than, than in, in World War II, World War I, Vietnam, and Korea. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's, we are literally, you know, 25% of the deaths of the world, something like this. It, it, it's scary. It's shocking. Well, I can hear it in your voice too, Richard. And, and you're right. When we, I think about this, when we actually it's not just numbers and stats that we roll off here. It's, it's individuals. And as you said, you know, most people either know someone or know someone who lost someone because of COVID specifically, you know, listen, you have been talking to CEOs for so many years, you know, how is this kind of changing how they will run their companies going forward? Especially if, if they're seeing these surveys and they're saying people, our employees don't trust us. So I think they feel a special responsibility after this year to do differently. And I actually feel very inspired by that. You know, we have clients, Unilever, for instance, that changed the song on the ice cream trucks uh, because they found out that it was a racist minstrel song from the 1880s. Hmm. And within a month, they said, "Okay, we're commissioning a new song with uh, RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. And and the songs for for Memorial Day are going to be different. Kids are going to have a different jingle. 
that's the kind of speed and, and agility that, that American business is doing. Or Dan Schulman of PayPal uh, saying, I found out that half my people are living kind of on a you know, hand-to-mouth way, and I have to raise their wages. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, flexibility like I've never seen before, Carol. Yeah, which is really remarkable. You know, it's interesting too, Richard, like some of the uncomfortable conversations we've been having and one individual said to me, and, and she's like, you're not going to believe this is going to come out of my mouth. And this is from a black American said, you know, we need to kind of thank Donald Trump in some ways because there are conversations that came out over the last year to some extent because of some of what he said and the conversations that came out of that and that we're having on a corporate level that that we didn't have before, to be fair. Well, I, I think one big thing that, that really is important, though, that I, I want the listeners to, to process is we cannot, as business, force our employees to get vaccinated. Seventy mm-hmm. percent of our respondents said, listen, uh, I, I'm prepared to consider it, but don't compel me. Uh, and the same thing about only 60 percent are prepared to go back to work to the workplace, to, to the city, um, because they're still afraid. Only 15% said that they're ready to take the subway. 20% said they're ready to fly. 25% saying they're ready to go see grandma. So again, we're still in trauma. Small steps will get business to the right place. Richard, there's just so many data points uh, when you guys mm-hmm. do this survey on trust. Uh, I thought it was interesting and the one that caught my attention, less than one in three believe everything will be back to normal by the end of 2021. 35% of Trump voters versus 27% of Biden voters. So there's still a lot of hesitancy about kind of where we are by the end of the year. So, Carol, I think a lot of this reflects a basic problem with information. Mm. So when you see that belief in major news organizations is down 21 points to 42%, so it's down by a third um, in a year, people don't know where to get good facts. Um, They go to their doctor, uh, they go to local government, um, but they think the media is biased, they think it's politicized. Um, Only 18% of Trump voters trust the media at all. And so uh, we we have a real crisis of, of information bankruptcy. And our doctors and scientists are definitely the most trusted to tell the truth about the vaccine. And you know, here's where companies have to be smart and get in sort of public health officials and, and others who have the credibility and the MD behind their name. Well, and I do wonder, you know, because you've done a series of these trust barometers during the pandemic, you know, how quickly can things change in terms of who individuals are trusting in society, you know, employer versus a business versus institutions versus the health, you know, uh, institutions? Um, how quickly well, can well, it you'll change? Remember last, you'll yeah. remember last May, government was the most trusted institution, <laughs> That's especially why local government and Andrew Cuomo with et cetera, and look what's going on now. I mean, the, the, the events of the world, trust is really unstable right now. And again, if, if you're an employer, a small business, you have really to pay attention to the needs of your employees who are not getting quality facts. I heard from the um, communications head at Columbia University, she's the number one source of information on vaccination and access for the 50,000 employees of that university. That's stunning. Uh, wow. It means that you know, trust in my company's newsletter, for example, is the highest thing. And, and that's why you have to talk to them. And employees in our study this, this weekend said, I wanna be communicated once a week 
about this. So again, a company being an information source is kind of a, a, a new deal. Yeah, I do feel like, and I think a lot of people would, would agree with this, that there is a lot of information that's come down. And, you know, you almost want a clearinghouse, one central place where we all go. And I guess one would assume it would be something like the CDC, but it, it hasn't necessarily played out that way. And I, and I think in the, in the era of 24-7 cable news and just nonstop online news, you know, it's hard to get, get control of this. One data point, though, that did stand out for me along these lines, vaccine hesitancy is de- decreasing. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is really a positive. Vaccine hesitancy, in fact, um, is, you know, deeply decreased at 70 plus percent of people say that they'll get a vaccine as soon as possible. That's up 20 points. Um, But we still see um, that there's a sort of lack of information among those who are hesitant. It is I I don't have enough facts. Mm -hmm. And but I also want to say there's a huge myth about vaccine hesitancy about communities of color. This is very important. Because everybody says, oh, well, blacks and Hispanics, you know, they're thinking about history. And no, they can't get to appointments. Yeah. Forty percent of black and 40 percent of Hispanics said I'm qualified to get vaccinated, but I can't get on the website. I can't I can't get registered. That's bad. We have to even if we have to go door to door or whatever it is, we have to make sure that there's equal opportunity and equal access. Yeah, I actually think that's a really important distinction because you're right. We've how many times have said it's it's a case of um, minorities don't want to take the vaccine, but you're right. It has to do often with either access to signing up online or just having the ability to take off of work and do it. And and it's a really big data point in terms of demographics. And just got about thirty seconds left. Was that the biggest thing that stood out for you? I think that there's. Um, I, I think young people have actually suffered disproportionately mm-hmm. uh, in, in this, uh, yeah. especially in terms of economic effect. I was shocked. One in three said, you know, I've had a decrease in um, my income or, or I can't get a job. And it's especially true of the 18 to 29. And so, again, we have real work to do to get these young people into the workforce again and, and not get frustrated and, and, and get them going. And also people, um, women, Right. Especially women are women are really nervous, more nervous about getting vaccinated and they've had a disproportionate job impact. So we have to get them back on the uh, on the on the wheel. Well, we always learn a bunch and it's really um, a great kind of snapshot of where we are. Richard, thank you so much. Richard Edelman, CEO at Edelman on the phone in New York City.